Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off, and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know. That just happened. That just happened. I guess it's time to wake up from my four-day nap after the week we had last week. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And, Mike, I'll tell you what, between your stakes and our live remote, I, I, I don't think either one of us slept uh, at all last week. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a whirlwind week. As a matter of fact, I know we promised some spring cleaning on some of the production side of our show but that's gonna have to wait at least for another week because so uh, yeah we had uh, pedal to the metal pretty much all weekend but you know what that's what harness racing is all about it's a lot of fun got to see some very good racehorses and the action's going to continue this weekend mike you're going to uh, have a front row seat to the battle of lake erie you got some good ones there i mean rock and ron is back in action along with a bit of a legend who's trying to rebound from uh, a not so good effort at western fair and i'll tell you what rock and ron i mean did he not bring it to the Camla Classic, or did he not bring it? I mean, just an excellent, excellent <laughs> effort. And, Mike, you have to wonder, in the older pacing ranks, if this is the year that Rock and Run uh, dominates. You know, there hasn't really been a standout since the Wiggle It, Jiggle It, uh, Always Be Mickey, Freaky Feed Pete um, saga, so to speak. So it's interesting to see kind of Rock and Run jump off the page. I think this is the weekend to find out if Rock and Run is going to be uh, the real deal. Uh, driver Matt Kakali, Mike, in a surprising move, selected Rock and Run over all bets off. Uh, yeah. so that's got to tell you a little something because he's the excuse me, he's the regular driver of all bets off. So it'll be interesting to see what Rock and Ron can do. Yeah, that's a very good field, the Battle of Lake Erie. Plus, we've got graduate action uh, coming up at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, uh, along with the Sun Beach Somewhere uh, series as well. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you, we're going to see some great horses lost in time, Ariana G. So Grand Circuit all over the place this weekend, coming up uh, at a harness racing track near you. So this is the great time of year, Mike. You see all these stakes races and stakes horses, you know, getting ready, preparing for some of the bigger events later on. And it's just a fun, fun time of year as the stars of the sport of harness racing really shine through. Listen, we thought last week was busy. Uh, you know what? We get a week off. Next week is the Pepsi North America Cup. So uh, we, we've got some great things coming up here on Post Time with Mike. And, Mike, we will be live uh, from Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, we're going to do about an hour to an hour and a half uh Meet and greet once again, myself, Jess Scott, and Garnett Barnsdale. 
will be at the meet and greet table. We're going to be uh, talking new vocations. We'll be talking OSES. And uh, Mike, I got to tell you, what a great, uh, great giving crowd we had at Western Fair. Thanks to everybody who gave to the cause uh, for racehorse adoption. Uh, 25% going to OSAS, 75% to new vocations. And thank you to everybody who stopped by our table, um, you know, to kind of talk with us a little bit. And uh, that meet and greet, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun to kind of sit there and talk to people about what we do on a regular basis. And who knows, maybe we got a couple of new listeners as well. Yeah, certainly. And we appreciate everybody that does that. And, and I'll tell you what, and another thing, too, that I want to mention, these auctions going on for the uh, Trotting for Charity jerseys that Ryan Macedonio is heading over at Trotcast. I mean, just a complete, complete home run. A lot of people, a lot of different people ask me about it. Well, what do you think about it? What do you think about this? I said, listen, I tell everybody the same thing. I think it's a complete home run. I think whenever, uh, you know, you can kind of piggyback harness racing to uh, charities, I think it's a big, big thing. It's a win for everybody. Not only is it a win for the charity, but it's a win for harness racing as well. And uh, so hats off to everybody. Everybody that uh, you know gave to our cause as we continue to support new vocations throughout the year, and hats off to everybody that is uh, you know helped Ryan Macedonio out in uh, the trotting for charity deal. Because I'll tell you what, that's a good thing that's going on, and I think the auctions are still going on, Mike. So make sure you uh, oh, yeah. you know hit up trotcast.com and and check it out. They're going for some pretty good money, and once again, all the proceeds going to whichever charity that you know the driver uh, selected. Good, good stuff. Good, good stuff. So make sure you check it out. Also coming up, uh, Mike, let's kind of dive into the show a little bit. Let's uh, see who we're going to be talking to here because uh, I don't know. If, I don't, I, listen, I, I didn't go over the list. Do you, do you have the list of people? No, I'm, yeah, I'm totally kidding. Uh, Scott Zeron is going to join the show, Mike. And how about the Trotting Mile by Atlanta uh, for trainer Rick Zeron, 150-3 and three, um, in under wraps in the Empire Breeders Classic, putting uh, Manchigo on notice uh, for the upcoming season. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll tell you what, Scotty was sitting chilly. He was sitting chilly during that mile, so hats off to the connections there. We're going to find out a little bit more about Atlanta. Plus, our good friend Montrell Teague is going to join us here to kick this thing off, and we haven't had Montrell on the show uh, in quite a while. He was a, a mainstay on the show when we first started, remember? It was like it was uh, either him or George pretty much every week, but uh, we haven't had uh, either one on in a while, so Montrell is going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about Lather Up, who's uh, – I believe, turning into a pacing superstar in his own right. Plus, we're going to be joined by Crystal Lilly. She's part of the marketing team at uh, Ocean Downs, the casino at Ocean Downs. They're getting ready to open up a meet. They always get a very good live crowd, Mike, uh, every time uh, they race. So we're going to hear from Crystal Lilly about some of the things that are going to be going on at the casino at Ocean Downs. Plus, Blake McIntosh is making his post time with Mike and Mike debut. So it'll be interesting to hear what Blake has to say, Mike. Yeah, definitely. He's got a fantastic pacer in uh, Courtly Choice, and this is another horse we could see against Lather Up in the Pepsi North America Cup coming up next week, June, excuse me, two weeks, June 16th, and trainer Blake McIntyre will uh, talk about the speed hold. What a performance uh, we saw at Vernon Downs, a couple of performances uh, that we saw at Vernon Downs on Monday. Well, Montreal T on the on-deck circle, we will get, we come back. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. 
At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, made cute foals, and much, much more. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at DiamondCreekFarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd. 2nd at 11 a.m. Be there! Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. We're back in this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And on the show now is Montrell Teague. Montrell, it has been, gosh, a couple of months since we have talked to you last. What's going on, my friend? Oh, you know, just staying busy, going uh, wherever wherever the wind blows. I've been in Meadowlands, Chester, Harrington, uh, now Canada. So um, I'm traveling. Listen, I, I got to ask, and I know we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Lather Up, obviously, but I know a lot of people uh, wonder about the great Wiggle It, Jiggle It. How's he doing? Uh, is he back in training? Uh, what's going on with him? How's he feeling? He's feeling good. I mean, uh, we had a couple setbacks, like always. It's been nonstop with him, but uh, I think he's just jogging right now, doing a lot of swimming. Uh, he's definitely up to par to train, but I'm not sure what dad's plans are. I'm not – that's his call, and – I'm just going by the flow, and whenever he calls a train or race or whatever, I'm there. All right, let's talk a little bit about Lather Up. And, boy, what a performance by Lather Up against non-winners of Condition Company um, at Woodbine Mohawk Park, 149-1. and But let's kind of dive in Montreal to his two-year-old season. Uh, we got to see Lather Up at a couple of huge performances at Scioto Downs and at Northfield Park uh, since he is a Ohio bred. Uh, talk to us a little bit about him and uh, you know, what makes him so good and uh, when did you guys notice uh, maybe he was the real deal? Uh, it was kind of early on. He wasn't no wiggle jiggle at the training down. We thought he was going to be a great one, but uh, put him behind the gate. He he just he shows that he wants to do it, and he gets around any track just as good as the other. I think a uh, two-year-old, he had the track record at Northville in 51, and then he went right back to Scioto and went in 50 or 51. Um, but uh, he, he's just been a great horse. He's very extremely smart, fast off the gate, so he can get himself in position, and that definitely helps with uh, – up and coming, up and coming uh, competition. 
joined by Montreal Teague. Montreal Ken Weingartner wrote a, a very good article on Lather Up uh, for the USTA website. And, uh, you know, he was talking to owner Gary Isles about uh, kind of uh, like a Cinderella story for Lather Up, a horse that, you know, upon birth that may, you know, that had a chance not to make it, not to be here. And so this is kind of a, a very interesting story. It's a feel-good story. Um, does that kind of play, I mean, when you, when you drive a horse like this, and obviously you, you've probably driven a few that probably shouldn't be where they are as far as uh, talent wise goes, but I mean, does it mean anything extra to you that, you know, here's a horse that, that, you know, probably shouldn't even be with us and here he is on the big stage. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we almost lost him as a, at birth, but, um, you don't really hear those stories unless the horse is good. It's funny, but, um, he, he's, he's been a great, great one. Uh, and it, it definitely, it, comes along with a great story with uh, how he's progressed and especially coming up this year. Now, Montrell, uh, you obviously guide Lather up in the Some Beach Somewhere Stakes, a uh, kind of a prep for the Pepsi North America Cup. Um, what, what kind of, you know, and I noticed that he's a very speedy horse, but he also, you know, he also can come from off the pace. He's, you know, kind of a very versatile animal. What makes him just so versatile? Obviously, things have gone against him, but, you know, being a lightly raced horse, you know, you, you'd never think, you know, hey, he could go the 49s, the 50s, but he's really uh, kind of stepped up to the game. Yeah, I just I just try to put him in the, the best uh, predicament I can, and he's definitely shown that he can step up to the plate each and every time. Uh, starting at, at his two-year-old year, going to 51, I wasn't expecting that on a half-mile track, and now he comes back as three-year-old, and he's getting better with age. So he's definitely maturing better, and he's uh, just as smart as he was last year. Now, Montreal, obviously, uh, you guys have got uh, a few more horses in your stable other than Lather Up, a, a couple of pretty nice horses. Tell us uh, who else we can expect from in the Teague stable here in 2018. Uh, we have uh, Lather Up's our main one right now. Then we have Transition and Joy, which will be racing in the Delaware Stakes coming up in June. And then we have, uh, have a couple of nice babies that are coming in. Uh, a couple of the Wiggles Colts look all right, the Shadow Play. But uh, – the breadwinner right now is just lather up. We're just focusing on him right now. Good deal. Well, Montreal, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck. And, and uh, all systems go, obviously, for lather up. Uh, you kind of got it mapped out for him uh, 2018, or you, you kind of just uh, you let, letting Dad take care of that? Still, same thing, letting Dad take care of that. But he did give <laughs> me the big uh, schedule. Uh, I think he's doing the Sun Beach this Saturday, then North America Cup, and then going back to the Max Hemp. So he's definitely got a busy schedule. All right, good stuff. Well, Montreal, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, man. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, and best of luck to you here in 2018. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, that was driver Montreal Teague. And Montreal on the road. But you know what? Hey, listen, when you've got horses the caliber of Lather Up and some of the others, I mean, you know, that's what you got to do, my friend. Listen, sometimes you got to make like Mike and Mike and travel a little bit, my friend. <laughs> That's right. You got to you got to get out of your bubble. You got to, you know, you got to get, uh, you know, you got to get out of your bubble there and move around. But, but no, I'll tell you what, lather up. That was a great, great effort. Uh, and I'll tell you what, this is going to be a nice horse, I think. Uh, and you know, he's going to be tested coming up the next couple of weeks, so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, lather up performs in these upcoming big stakes races. 
Speaking of uh, coming out of your bubble, I, uh, there, there's an ugly rumor that, uh, that that you didn't get your passport in time, so you're not going to break out of your post time with Mike and Mike's studio <laughs> bubble and come see me in Canada. So, uh, well, listen, we got to have a staff meeting after and kind of talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. But uh, we're going to be seeing some of Lather up at the Pepsi North America Cup. Uh, you know, we'll have to sit down with George uh, while we're up there, Mike. Maybe we get some intel on uh, Wiggle It, Jiggle It, Clyde Francis and the gang. And what a great race that the Pepsi North America Cup is setting up to be. You've got Lost in Time, Stay Hungry, Lather Up. Uh, we're going to talk to Blake McIntosh about courtly choice. Boy, what a great race is it setting up to be. Yeah, certainly is. And, uh, of course, we'll have all the action of the Pepsi North America Cup right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike and uh, remote schedules on our website. So make sure you check that out as well at the Post Time with Mike and Mike dot com. Still lots left to come on this edition of the big show. Blake McIntosh will be joining us here in just a few minutes. Plus, Crystal Lilly, part of the marketing team at the casino at Ocean Downs. will fill us in on what's going on at the, one, one of the awesome meets, Mike. That I look forward to each and every year. I had a chance to announce there in 2013. And one of the great things about Ocean Downs is they always get a fantastic live crowd for harness racing. I mean, it's kind of one of those throwback meets, if you will. That's good. You know, it, that's interesting you say that. I've never been to Ocean Downs. Um, I had an opportunity uh, to be the track announcer there at one point, and Darren Zocchelli got the job. But I have never been to Ocean Downs. Who knows? Maybe I'll have to make a special trip down there to see you uh, this year, and maybe we'll have to make a trip. And then, of course, Scott Zeron will be joining us towards the bottom of the hour, so still a lot less to, lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We do have a minute, and I think we probably should mention it, Mike, about the sale of Yonkers Raceway to MGM. Now, this is the second racetrack that MGM has bought, 800, and what was the price tag, Mike, 850 million? million? 860 800. million. $860 million, okay, and obviously this is kind of fueling uh, or furthering the speculation that perhaps harness racing will end up at, at the Belmont Park at some point. But what, what are your thoughts that, uh, about MGM buying Yonkers? You know, when they purchased Northfield Park, and uh, I don't want to say um, too much uh, before next week, um, but uh, when they purchased Northfield Park, um, you know, I, I told my, my direct supervisor, I said, you know, I think it has a lot to do with sports betting. I think sports betting is going to be passed soon. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good move for these guys. These guys don't have any racetracks currently. There's no precedence. So they're coming in with open minds, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of attack that. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I, I think we're all very cognizant of the fact that eventually harness racing is going to have to prove its worth. You know, I mean, it's going to have to stand on its own two feet eventually. And, you know, I mean, like you said, I think you said it perfectly. MGM is coming in. They, they don't have any track record of racinos. You know, if you go in the casino business, Mike, sales of these casinos actually happen quite often. Um, you know, and I think it's starting to hit the Racino thing. But, you know, the Meadows has been bought a few times over the past couple of years. Northfield Park, you, we just saw the sales of Hoosier Park and Indiana Downs. Um, you know, so there have, you know, some Racinos have changed hands. And really, not much has changed, to be quite honest, at, at, at these particular Racinos yet in, in terms of racing. So, you know, eventually I think racing's got to – prove its worth. I think eventually we have to, you know, form that true partnership 
with the casino company and you know kind of have that back and forth and basically prove that hey we could be a viable industry and that we do have something to offer one thing before we get to blake mcintosh and then i'll let this subject go and we'll get on to blake but one thing i do want to mention as far as what maybe racinos have over casinos you know at a regular standalone casino um families it's not a family place you know when you have harness racing when you have horse racing you know it is something for the family to do so if, you know you can't take a family of uh you know a husband and a couple of kids you, you can't go to a casino that's out of the question but you know you can take the family to watch the racing and i do think that's one of the advantages that we have and you know i think that's kind of what sets us apart to the to the other two standalone casinos. Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of racetracks, um, you know, allow families in and things of that sort. And, you know, I think that's one thing we got to kind of have to play to, you know, it's the next generation of kids that are currently, you know, they're in first, second, third, fourth grade, what have you, that need to learn about the sport of harness racing, that need to understand, you know, what it is and things of that sort. So, you know, that's one thing that casinos just can't offer um, to their patrons at this moment. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how kind of it all plays out uh, with MGM and uh, best of luck to those guys. All right. We'll certainly see how it plays out. When we come back, Blake McIntosh on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And 
Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, Pit Rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again, and Pit Rock together runs. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by a trainer, Blake McIntosh, who makes his Post Time with Mike and Mike debut. Blake, how we doing? Good, thanks. Yourself? Not too bad. Well, obviously, I want to talk about the uh, New York Sire Stakes effort out at Vernon Downs, but Blake, this is the first time on the show. Uh, kind of talk to us about uh, who you are and uh, how you got started in the business. Um. My father had horses uh, when I was younger as an owner, and um, I uh, started fooling around with them, and then uh, I dropped out of uh, university and decided I wanted to train horses and went to Windsor one winter and never stopped. So that's how I ended up in it. Oh, Windsor Raceway. Yeah, I was at Hazel Park for uh, good grief for 10 years from uh, 2004 to uh, 2013. Yeah, I remember certainly the old Windsor. That was certainly a shame when when, uh, that place closed. But uh, nonetheless, Blake, tell us a little bit about Courtly Choice. Now, obviously, this horse turned a lot of heads uh, in the New York Sire Stakes uh, a couple of short days ago. Tell us a little bit about Courtly Choice. Tell us what you thought of the effort and uh, perhaps where uh, where it could be going from here. Uh, it was an impressive effort, no doubt. Uh, Dave said he was well in hand and uh, and never really asked him a whole lot. So I was really impressed with that, especially after he uh, made a little miscue leaving the gate there. Um, he'll head to the North American Cup next. And, um, you know, he, he just keeps getting better every start, it seems like, right now. Now, Blake, let's kind of talk about his uh, two-year-old season. Obviously, uh, didn't have the most success, but he hit the board in three of his 12 starts uh, and then finished sixth in the Breeders' Crown after winning the New York Sire Stakes Consolation. Talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of how he matured from two to three. Uh, he's really matured. He was really an immature uh, two-year-old. Oh, he could, you know, like he was always uh, just yelling and screaming in the paddock, wouldn't relax, and uh He's uh, turned into a very nice horse and just matured a lot. He, um, as a two-year-old there, he, you know, he went out and he equaled the track record at Saratoga, and then next week would just, you know, not be paying attention. He was, uh, he had the speed and the talent, and you just didn't know what horse was going to show up week to week. He was uh, just a very immature horse, and he's really matured and came around and uh, a lot sounder as a three-year-old. Visiting with trainer Blake McIntosh. Blake, for those people that, you know, may not really be familiar with the horseman side of the business that are listening out there, we constantly talk about that maturation process between ages two and three in a horse. Now, as a trainer, what do you kind of look for in general terms? What do you want to see when you have a a, a talented two-year-old turning three? When we talk about that maturation process, what exactly as as a trainer are you looking for? Uh, you just want to see how they're training back most of the time. You know, like he, uh, you know, he matured a lot training back. You could tell he was a lot different horse. He, he, he you know, he had his head in the game and uh, and uh, never really uh, gave you a bad training mile when we, when we were training him back. Like last year, he'd throw in a clunker every now and then. 
and uh, you know when you're training them and but he always had the speed but this this year uh, you know when we pulled him and training he'd go right by and he just you know you, you just sort of want to make sure that they uh, they keep their head in the game and you want to go like at one point there we were you know we we're we we're that as a two-year-old we were thinking about gelding him uh, Mr. Thompson didn't want to geld him because he's a brother to better than Cheddar and so uh, we kept kept him a stud and uh, luckily enough, uh, he seems to have gotten over his immaturity and, and we were able to keep him a stud at this point. Now, Blake, obviously it is super important uh, for any athlete to kind of stay calm before a race. I know that you said he used to hoot and holler and kind of not relax in the paddock. How important is it for young horses like that to kind of relax, to, you know, kind of help their effort? Oh, it's a major thing. You don't want to have a horse all excited in the paddock and, and wear themselves out, like going to the track or, or on the track. You know, like he's uh, he's a pretty back, laid back horse now, and uh, you know he doesn't do nothing wrong now. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that uh, why he's been racing a lot better is because he's not uh, not wasting so much energy before the race. Visiting with trainer Blake McIntosh. Blake, give us kind of the roadmap. Uh, what's 2018 going to look like uh, for Courtly Choice? Um, we didn't overly stake him. We start. Uh, we put him in the North American Cup. Uh, he's got the hemp after that. Then he uh, will pretty much stick to the uh, New York Sire Stakes, uh, the Empire Breeders, and then at the end of the year he's got the uh, Breeders Crown. Is uh, is his plan? New York with New York's program being so good, you don't really have to stake them a whole lot because you get enough races to go through there. So. Yeah, absolutely, and obviously the purse money is uh, very, very good up in New York. Tell us about some of the other horses uh, that we can look out for here in 2018 from the Blake McIntosh stables. Uh, we got a really nice little two-year-old filly named You Better Go-Go. Uh, she went quite handily over at um, uh, Saratoga the other day in 52. Um, she's she's a very nice filly. We qualified her up here in 51 in a piece, and, and you know, she has been asked. She first started up at Mohawk, uh, she came into heat the day before, and she was no good her first start, and I felt bad because she was one to five, and you know there was just nothing I could do. Um, but uh, she she redeemed herself next week uh, and won Saratoga pretty handily, and then she's in Sunday in, in Tioga in the Sire Stakes. Uh, clear idea, you know she was a good horse at three for us. Um, she's been you know five was four. Hopefully uh, she'll be okay in the Rose of Red. Uh, then we've got 33 two-year-olds, uh, you know, almost ready to qualify, and hopefully we got some nice horses in there. All right, some busy, busy times up ahead for one Blake McIntosh. Well, Blake, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you here in 2018, my friend. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, that was trainer Blake McIntosh. Did he just apologize for a horse of his losing at 1-5? to five? Yes, he did. That might yes, be a first. Did. It might be. No, listen, you know, hey, listen, you know, there's a lot of pressure. And, and, you know, I'm not a trainer. You're not a trainer. I'm not a trainer. But if you think about this for a minute, if you are the favorite in something and he throws in a clunker or he's sick or what have you, if you're the favorite, of course, you're going to feel a little bit, you know, crappy like, man, you know, what the heck just happened? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we had and I'm going to. I'm going to not even mention the names to protect the innocent, but some years back at Hazel Park, we had a um, – and every once in a while, one of these will pop up where you just have a random kind of bridge jumper that is going around betting thousands 
to show on a horse. And we had one of those strike Hazel Park one time. And, and you know, I mean, and, and let's be honest, Hazel Park, I mean, we had okay pools, but, you know, they were nothing spectacular. And we had somebody that was just randomly spending five, six, seven thousand dollars to show on a horse. It and it made it, it it didn't make any handicapping sense because one of them was like ten to one, another one was like fifteen to one morning line, and and uh, and I remember one of our drivers was kind of concerned about that because I mean here's six seven thousand dollars to show on this horse, and I mean this horse really doesn't have all that great of a chance to hit the board. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of felt some pressure of that. He, he, you know, I, I don't really know if it affected his driving, but I guess there is some pressure, you know, when, when a good amount of money is, is bet on you, whether it be a driver or a trainer. And, and, you know, and maybe, who knows, maybe it causes, uh, if you're a driver, maybe it causes you to drive the horse differently than you normally would. Especially if they're, it's unexpected. If you're driving past the tow yeah. port, all of a sudden you drop from like 10 to 1 to 2 to 5. Now you got to go, well, wait, what, what do they know that I don't? You know what I mean? Because a lot of these guys, they look at a program, and you know yeah. they know if they've got a shot for the most part. Yeah, and I, I mean, if you're, and if you're a driver and you've got an outside, uh, outside post, and you know, you're going to try to just kind of sit back and see how the race develops or maybe try to get in the flow or try to save ground. And, you know, I mean, try to give your horse an optimal chance to win, knowing that you know, the horse really isn't talented enough to go out there and try to battle for the lead or quarter brush or this and that. And, you know, and you're thinking you're going to go off 15, 20 to 1, and you look at all this under 3 to 5. I mean, <laughs> you can't, you know, I mean, it kind of puts pressure on you. You can't really go, you know, sit back in 7th and 8th and see if a flow develops or try to save ground. You almost got to be more aggressive. So, yeah, that could, that's, you know, another one of the many things that could affect the harness race. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, could, uh, it could, you know, it, it, like I said, you know, it could totally change how you drive a horse. I mean, a hundred percent totally change how you drive that horse. So it's uh, kind of interesting to kind of see how that all kind of plays itself out. All right. Speaking of, uh, before we get into, we got crystal Lily coming up and then Scott zero a little bit later on, but we do have a couple of minutes to kill. And I just, I, and I wanted to mention this, I mentioned this a little bit on our camera classic show and I, and it is kind of continued, but how hot right now is Garnett Barnsdale? Is he on fire, or is he on fire in, in, in as far as uh, picking races and handicapping is concerned? Ever since that little – he wrote that article about that self-imposed hiatus, he has come back unbelievably, listen, saying things listen. very, very clearly. Listen, his head is big enough as it is. You don't need to make it any bigger, okay? Uh, no, but I completely agree with you. Boy, he was right on fire. And I'll tell you, he, it made us all kind of laugh a little bit. Uh, for those of you who didn't listen to the, show, to the show on Saturday night, boy, he jumped all over you over the 11th race. And, boy, he could have been more spot on. But it was just funny to kind of hear you guys go back and forth about it but uh, you know, and to see how it kind of all played itself out. Well, it was interesting because I think if – and I know the numbers might be a little bit different, but I believe I like the 5, 6, 8 in the pick four, and we're talking about the pick four sequence. And, uh, and he, he – boy, he jumped right in there, and he says, well, when we get to the 11th, he goes, I'm going to take you to school. I mean, basically, that's what he said. And, and yeah. uh, he said, you know, he said in, – and in, in I was thinking, okay, well, this is going to be interesting. What's going to have to say? And we got to that 11th race, and he said the one and the two are going to go right out of there, and it's going to be one-two around the racetrack. And I look, and, you know, these are two 
kind of high morning line odds. These weren't like, you know, five to two, two to one of the morning line. I mean, they, they were kind of bet down, which means that other people besides Garnett saw exactly what Garnett saw. But, and sure as heck, it went one, two around the racetrack. And it was, I mean, you know, it's funny as a handicapper, you know, sometimes you could see things so clearly. And then other times, you know, things just look jumbled. And some sometimes it's best to take a hiatus. And that's exactly what Garnett did. I mean, I don't think the hiatus lasted very long, but sometimes you just got to, you know, you, you got to re-oil the gears, man. Sometimes you just got to sit back, kind of, you know, think about things and just, you know, regroup. That's all you can do as a gambler is sometimes you need that break to kind of refresh your memory a little bit. I do that with poker. I mean, I fire I, – I won't play, look at it, anything for like six months. And then all of a sudden I'll get the urge to play. And like the first couple of weeks when I come off that break, I'm really, really, really good. And then the more I you know, try to study it and try to adjust my strategy, like the worse I get. So right. it's like I fire fresh, and then I just go downhill for a couple of months. And then I step back for – Sometimes half a year, then I'll come until back. I come and visit. I'll be really good. You, yeah. you you take a step back till I come visit, and then you uh, then you come firing. Yeah, well, we can't all be like Matei at the money wheel. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> the money wheel story is golden, and we're gonna tell it on this program one of these days. That's that yeah. that. Listen, that story for, and I know no nobody knows what we're talking about. That story. Will be told at my wedding next year. I can guarantee that story will be at our wedding next or my wedding next year for sure. Yeah. Well, you, you know what? Why don't you do one better? Why don't you have a money wheel at the at, the, at your wedding I should. next year? I should. You know what? You know what? We'll we'll hire a couple of security guards while we're at it and see what happens. Yeah. So yeah, make sure so if Matei gets out again, <laughs> can we get escorted out again? <laughs> right. Right. Oh, we didn't do anything right. crazy about us. We didn't do anything crazy to get and we didn't get thrown out you know it was just it was just really funny it all kind of played itself out but that's a story for another day yeah well well let, let i'll give you the two second version the natural rich mate has got a system at the money wheel okay and the, the money wheel is like one of the most complete random games that you're ever going to find ever and the odds of winning are really so stacked against you but he does honestly have a system at the money wheel and it worked it, it worked. It's an understatement. Got, okay? and we almost got thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> it anyway. worked is an understatement. You understand what I'm saying? Holy uh, cow! Well, understatement. Well, listen. Before, before the IRS starts sending us uh, some emails wanting to know where the money is, we're going to have to uh, get on. We're going to have to get the show back on track. So, Crystal Lily's joining us here in just a couple of seconds. We're going to take a timeout, and we're going to hear from her. The meet's getting ready to get started at the casino at Ocean Downs, and we'll find out exactly what's going on. And the ocean at the Ocean City Oval on post time with Mike and Mike next, and it's presented by Bet America. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in one forty-seven and three. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at thirty-five to one. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 640 and Sunday at 440. Rosecroft has an industry low 12% takeout on the pink five. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, hits the road in 2018 by coming to your city starting on Saturday, May 26th for the Camelot Classic at Western Fair Raceway. On Saturday, June 16th, we invade Mohawk Racetrack for the very first time as we broadcast the Pepsi North America Cup. On Sunday, July 8th, is the New Vocations Telethon at Jackson Fairgrounds in Jackson, Michigan. Saturday, July 14th is our first trip of the year to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as we head to the Meadowlands Pace. On Saturday, August 4th, we return to the Hamiltonian Stakes. We return to Hoosier Park Racing and Casino on Friday, August 10th for the Dan Patch Stakes and back again on Friday, September 21st for the Hoosier Pacing Derby. For more information, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Right now, we're joined by Crystal Lilly, a member of the marketing team at the casino at Ocean Downs. Hi, Crystal. How are you? Hey, Mike. I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. First of all, before we start talking a little bit about Ocean Downs, let's talk about uh, the name Lilly. Now, obviously, uh, you're well-versed in harness racing. The name Lilly is very familiar with a lot of the people, especially north of the United States-Canada border. Talk a little bit about your upbringing in harness racing and how you got started in the industry. All right, so uh, it all started with my grandfather, Mac Lilly. He has Mac Lilly Farms in uh, Dutton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, breeding training farm my father was a breeding manager there and my uncles all race in the industry i have cousins and that kind of stuff driving and that's kind of where it took off and then i moved over here to maryland started in the race office at ocean downs and kind of went from there now actually you did work a year in the inaugural year at Harris, Philadelphia, of course, where I'm the track announcer, been there for a couple of years, and you were there for one year as well, correct, the inaugural year? Yep, that's correct. Uh, first year, my husband started, uh, he was a judge over there, they had a position for a tell-timer photo finish, so I kind of hopped on that position and did that as well. Tell us a little bit about Ocean Downs. Now, Ocean Downs is coming up. It's under new ownership. Uh, Saratoga and Churchill Downs in cooperation uh, bought that particular piece of property. And Ocean Downs is always one of the most favorite, actually one of my most favorite meets. I mean, I had a chance to call there back in 2013. It's a place that gets a lot of live uh, attendance because it's, quite frankly, it's, you know, it's a tourist attraction. It's in Ocean City, Maryland. A lot of people go there and a lot of people like to watch the races and you guys always have a lot of good promotional stuff first of all tell us a little bit about opening day opening day is when uh opening day is june 3rd we race till september 3rd live racing post time is 705 um opening night we have our t-shirt hat giveaway sketch artist um carriage rides are coming back this year um just all kinds of fun stuff planned for the whole summer 
Okay, so that's opening day. And so tell us the days you guys race. What is the days of live racing? Uh, live racing Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, like I said, most post time 7.05. We are racing July 4th this year. Post time is 6.25 for that. And we are going to be having uh, fireworks, which we haven't offered in a couple of years. So that will be back. Tell us about some of the – I know you guys got a lot of promotions going out throughout the racing season, as always, at the Casino at Ocean Downs. Tell us about some of the promotions that you guys have coming up throughout the year. Sure. Uh, a couple of the ones that I want to spotlight, uh, July 11th, we have uh, Camel and Ostriches races. They're coming from Kansas. Uh, that's going to be a big deal, July 11th. We have our Adopt-A-Pet. Anybody can bring pet supplies. Um, they spin a wheel, get some free play for that. Then uh, July 15th, we have our RUS racing uh, under saddle. So the girls will be there um, signing autographs, and then we'll be having that race. July 22nd, we have Pacing for a Cure. Not sure if you've heard of uh, Mr. Bill G, who does uh, donations for uh, MS. So we're going to be having a race for that. Everybody's going to be able to donate $10, participate in a half-mile walk-a-thon, and then all the proceeds from that, along with Mr. Bill G. racing at our track, uh, will go towards MS Pacing for a Cure. And then uh, one other big thing that we have coming up August 22nd is a powder puff race. Last year was our first annual race for that. We had all the ladies come out, and all the proceeds from that went to uh, Believe in Tomorrow, which is a children's cancer foundation. So we're going to be having that again toward the end of August. Fantastic. Good stuff. If anybody wants to follow uh, Ocean Downs Racing um, or if they need more information on far as race days and, uh, you know, just post times and so forth, where's the best place to go on the Internet? Absolutely. The first thing is uh, OceanDowns.com. Then they can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And, of course, Ocean Downs uh, has a casino, and they have expanded recently. Now they have table games, so it's kind of like a, a full-fledged casino, so to speak. Uh, real quickly, I know you do some stuff in the casino. Tell us a little bit about some of the promotions they have coming up, like, in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, so starting June 5th to September, um, every Tuesday, uh, in those months, we're going to have a win your share of $300,000 towards a house promotion. All you have to do is have your card in for those type of things. Uh, we also have uh, opened up live table games. We're going to be adding additional table games this summer. We have a brand-new restaurant called Fine Pub. The food is excellent there. Uh, eventually, we will have a terrace that overlooks the racetrack. So all kinds of uh, fun stuff happening at the casino. Fantastic. Crystal Lilly, part of the marketing team at the uh, at the casino at Ocean Downs. Well, Crystal, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck to you this live meet, and uh, we'll certainly be checking out the action at Ocean Downs. Thanks so much, Mike. Have a good night. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. 
join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, food and drinks, meat cute foals, and much, much more. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at DiamondCreekFarm.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 2nd at 11 a.m. Be there! Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Post-time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And listen, I don't ever want to hear you criticize my country music ever again. <laughs> I think you were listening to it there, my friend. I, I think little do you ambi- have, little- have Carrie Underwood on? A little ambiance in the background. You know, I'm going to tell you what. I'm starting to warm up the country music a little bit. Uh, you're welcome. Can I give you – here's my opinion on country music. It's oh not – like when you're driving in a car, okay, and, and you're on the highway and you really want to listen to music, I won't listen to country music. But if I want something as background noise, I got country music on in the car. Just very, very low level, just something for background. That's huh. a, that's my opinion on that's country a, music. But, but that's moved yeah. up the ladder because a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have country music playing anywhere. Well, listen, you wouldn't have liked it at London then because we had a country music singer singing the national anthem. So, uh, you know, we got to, you know, con- country's making its way back in. Don't, don't, don't diss the country. I'll have to tell the shoe on you if you do. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a real big difference between modern country and like country oh, music boy. of 20 and 30 yeah. years ago. Here we go. You're, you're, you're going to be one of those, huh? No, there's a huge <laughs> difference. I mean, if you go back and listen to it. You know, like Conway Twitty and the Oak Ridge Boys and some of the country singers way back when. I mean, even like Willie Nelson to a point. And then you listen to some of the the, the stuff now. I mean, it's it's decidedly different. I mean, it's definitely got more of a poppy feel to it. Oh, for sure. I, I like the Conway Twitties and stuff. In fact, if you, it's funny you say that because I'll play some of that stuff in the car and Kate is like, who is this? I've never heard of these yeah. people. I'm like, well, you know, you were born in the uh, you were born in 2000, so uh, no, I'm totally kidding. By the way, <laughs> old Johnny Cash. Old. You ever you ever play any old Johnny Cash? I uh, you know here and there a little bit. Oh yeah. All right, well that's good. Old All Ring right. of Fire. That was Johnny uh, Cash, wasn't it? Speaking of a rolling ring of fire, let's uh, let's kind of dive into the stakes action uh, coming up this weekend, Mike. Talk about some stakes races. You got the graduate, the Sun Beach somewhere, and of course the two hundred thousand dollar battle of Lake Erie uh, coming up at Northfield Park. And boy, did this draw a, a pretty strong and competitive field. 
course, bit of a legend, the highest money earner in the field thus far, but Rock and Ron is right on his wheels. And then the big question here, Mike, I think, is what is Missile J going to do? I think, uh, you know, Missile J's kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit since being a uh, champion towards the uh, Meadowlands pace, uh, kind of fallen by the wayside uh, to down by the seaside and Huntsville. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what Missile J can do here. Yeah, it certainly will. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we talked a little bit about this earlier. You know, as dominant as Rock and Ron was in the Kamala Classic, you have to kind of wonder if this could be the year that Rock and Ron actually stamps himself as the dominant older horse in our sport. And I, I mean, you know, looking back at that Kamala Classic, I mean, I have a few thoughts about that, okay? I mean, we talked in during that show leading up to that race about how much speed there was. And we talked to Sugar a couple of days before that on the Thursday show, and we talked about how much speed there was. We talked about how it's going to be the Wild West out there in the first quarter. We talked about how there's not even going to – there's going to be an inner flow and an outer flow constantly throughout the race, and there's always going to be a battle for the lead. And that never materialized. It never, ever materialized. Rock and Ron went to the front, evening of pleasure, got into the pocket, and that was it. And Rock and Ron just just after after he he got the clear lead, it was over. Now that's the question. The question is 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 Rock and Ron really this good to where he could just go out in a in a race full of speed and just dictate terms? We'll find out. This is going to be a good testing ground from the Battle of Lake Erie. It's another half mile track, but I do have to tell you, in my opinion, Northfield Park is a decidedly different half mile track than than Western Fair. I agree with that. I think a 150 and uh, what was it? 150 and two, 150 and three mile at Western Fair. They could very easily go uh, go underneath the 49 mark at Northfield Park this weekend. So it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, who leaves, what happens. Of course, you've got um, track record holder Scott Rocks in there. He's the fastest horse to ever pace over the Northfield Park grounds. All Beef and No Bull is an interesting one from the inside. Picks up driver Dan Rawlings for trainer Sarah Andrews, Mike. And this is a horse that could kind of ride the rail to a check. I think All Beef No Bull's got a shot to uh, at least finish in the top four. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I believe that used to be a burk horse, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, like I say, I mean, is this going to be the test for Rock and Ron? I mean, he's three to five in the morning line, Mike. Three to five in the morning line, and uh, is, is that a trackmaster deal? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, the state. So the rest of so all of them are trackmaster, with the exception of the stakes. And the executive vice president of racing, uh, Dave Bianconi, sets the morning line for the uh, for the stakes races. So um, he that's that's his morning line there. And by the way, that's going to be the subject of a show coming up in the not too distant future. You know, the Trackmaster is now getting involved in in uh, a horse classification system. Oh yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting because I'll, I'll actually be handicapping probably some of those races when we start doing Hoosier Park in our handicappers' corner. So it'll be yeah. cool to see how uh, how comparable they are to each other and how competitive the fields are. Yeah, and, and Ocean Downs is using that too. So uh, you've got Ocean and you've got uh, Hoosier Park. It's going to be interesting to see how that catches on. But anyway, getting back to the, the business here, yeah, I think this is Rock and Ron's obviously his race to win or lose. Um, obviously, look, if you're looking for value, I think you have to look up and down in, in uh, you know your pick threes and pick fours and see if you could find uh, some price somewhere else. I mean, obviously, a bit of a legend's always dangerous. 
you know, I think the fact that he didn't race so well in the Camelot Classic is going to steer people away. Um, but he is always capable. I mean, don't ever count him out. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see a Missile J. You know, he's made $98,000 this year, so it's not like he's had a bad year. Um, you know, and, and then you've got your unknowns. I mean, you know, Aaron Merriman and Scott Rocks, you have to think he's going to be sending, right? Oh, you would think so. I mean, from the outside, it's going to be a little bit tough, but that's how he won the last time. I mean, he went to three quarters, Mike, if I remember correctly, in that effort where he went 149 flat in like 120 in a piece, which at yeah. Northfield is absolutely unheard of. So the, the pressure, this is another race where the pace scenario could be uh, pressured or it could be like the Camelot Classic where kind of everybody kind of lays back and uh, fires late. All right, so make sure you check out the Northfield Park feed. Uh, Mike Gardo will be in action. I believe you'll be calling some races as well, and uh, you'll be doing some interviews, right? Um, I'll be calling some races. Um, we'll be doing some interviews as well. I'll be calling the final five races on the program, uh, which includes some Ohio Sire Stakes action. Uh, we've got a 10-horse super high five field in the 13th race. I'm excited for that because uh, I don't get to call too many of those. And then, uh, you know, then uh, we'll, you know, then we'll come down. I'll close the mutuals office. And uh, I'll tell you, if you've never worked at a racetrack, Mike, you, you got to check it out, you know, and maybe ask for a tour, things of that sort, because on those big nights, the mutuals office is where you want to be. And I think you know that from being a uh, general manager. No, <laughs> I don't know where you want to be. <laughs> or not, but... <laughs> it's it's very interesting. I mean, it's an interesting thing. It's just another facet of our of our game. Like I know at Hazel Park, the mutual office, that's where we used to call the post times, and uh, you know we had a bunch of TVs up there. And I mean, it, it's it's really kind of like the heartbeat of the building. It's the you know it's where. Uh, you know, the money is, is coming in and out and a lot of important decisions are made up there in the mutual office. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's the heartbeat of the building is what it is, it, you know, for lack of a better term, but uh, a little too stressful for me. <laughs> a little too stressful for me. Well, listen, also coming up uh, this weekend is the graduate series, uh, two divisions of Pacers take center stage at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And the first division is in the third race on Saturday night. And excuse me, um, Rockin' Tony, Mike, makes his return. Uh, obviously, Funkin' Waffles is in here, but a horse that I'm not real familiar with, Warrenstown Beach, is going to make his start here with for trainer Ron Burke. And look who Ron put back down, put down on one of his horses after that Rock and Ron effort. Louis Tillibois will pick up the drive on Lawrencetown Beach. Uh, Bags to Riches was a uh, we talked to Jason Skinner a couple weeks ago, Mike, and uh, he was very high on his four-year-old Colt. So uh, this race is another one that kind of sets up uh, a little interestingly. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, trainer John Boot and Shane's horses are starting to heat up well. He had one uh, yesterday that raced very, very well here at Harris Philly. Uh, Scirocco, I'm so smart, and I don't believe that's – I don't think that's even one of his stakes horses, and he, he just raced lights out. And I noticed the Boot and Chain horses are really starting to pick it up now, so you certainly want to keep an eye on that when it comes to uh, Funk and Waffles. Lawrencetown Beach is a horse that has raced quite a bit here in Pennsylvania. Mike had a chance to see him several times. He's a, he's a very good horse, obviously, and the newfound connection of Ron Burke and Louis Feely. I don't know if five to two is very good value on him. And obviously you're going to have to wait and see what the final tote is, but uh, certainly want to keep an eye on him. He's certainly a contender there. Um, and of course we mentioned me so fast, had a chance to see him on maxi Lee day uh, here at Harris, Philadelphia. So he draws post eight. That's certainly not a good draw for him, but Tim Tietrich is going up there to drive, but it's a stakes laden program. Mike, the fifth race is uh 
part of the Sun Beach Summer. You've got Nutcracker Suite at three to one. Summer Travel drawing post ten for Cassie Coleman, a nice horse there at four to one. And the Grand Teton, a horse that we were kind of watching a little bit last year for Tactor, uh, he's six to one. And uh, that is race number five. And uh, Ariana G's in action, Mike Carter, in the seventh. But yeah, Ariana G's in action in a 12-horse graduate trot. And boy, is this a loaded field. You've got Ariana G from post two. Barn Bella draws the inside. Moonshiner Hanover is making uh, her comeback as well. Lindy the Great. Um, yes, Mickey draws post number 11. And if you don't remember Yes, Mickey from last year, Mike, you should. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, Mickey pulled off a huge upset last year, so certainly going to want to keep an eye on him. Louis-Philippe Waugh, once again for Oka Swanstep, boy, that's an interesting combination. And this horse draws post number 11, which means he'll be starting from the second tier. That second tier trip is always a mystery, Mike. You never really know what you're going to get. I've seen great trips come from second tiers, and I've seen uh, terrible trips come from second tiers. Uh, so you're really at the mercy of uh, some of the horses in front of you as far as what kind of early position you can establish. But the Ariana G, great, great horse, eight to five. I think that's certainly deserved. And I think uh, that uh, that one's probably going to go off a little bit less than eight to five. But uh, another Sunbeach somewhere in race eight, we talked about Charles Teague earlier in the program, lather up, coming off of that huge effort. It could be one of the three-year-old budding superstars of the 2018 campaign. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, not comparing him to Wiggle and Jiggle it, obviously, but Latherup certainly has a chance to be a very good horse. Yeah, definitely. He really does. And uh, his 149-1 performance uh, definitely sticks out. Um, some interesting value here on Western Passage and St. Lad's Neptune, a couple of horses you might want to uh, take a look at. Obviously, Casey Coleman is one that you uh, never want to ignore at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Our good friend Beckham Zetam's in race number nine and another graduate uh, for the four-year-olds. And uh, Beckham Zetam, I had a chance to see this horse race in the Commodore Barry. And, you know, he didn't really – I don't think he raced as bad as his charted line may show. I mean, he tried to make a little bit of a move in the middle there, but that was his first start of the year, so you certainly have to give him that. Um, you know, they're going to continue to, to uh, race Beckham Zetam out of state, which means – in my opinion, anyway, that the McCumbers uh, certainly think that Beckham Zetam is is very capable at this level, which he obviously is. But uh, Bloodline's a very slight favorite at five to two, and I mean that's a very slight favorite because this is really a wide open race. You've got odds on Delray for trainer Tony Alani. You've got Maroma Beach, Damiers in this race, Eddard Hanover, one of two of Burke horses, Max Jackpot, a horse that I was kind of watching a little bit earlier in the campaign. I think this horse can step forward at any time. This is a wide, wide open race. But I, I will tell you this. I would not be surprised to see Beckham Zetam step up his game here. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, it's always a hard step up from three to four because you're facing the older horses. So I think this is going to be a little bit of an easier time for him, Beckham Zetam. Uh, Daymare is into the mix, like you said. Uh, Bloodline is an interesting five to two uh, morning line. And... Um, you know, I, I, I'm not quite sure that I buy that on Bloodline. I think that's going to be a little bit uh, too short of a price for me, and uh, I, I think I'll pass on that. All right, we'll be right along. And uh, how about Lost in Time for the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, in Rick race Flair. number 10? Oh, yeah. 
nine to five uh, in the morning line. You know, I mean, Jimmy Freight's obviously a, a very decent horse. Uh, you know, uh, who else you got in here? You've got the Trump fad and, and ghost dance and uh, Pedro Hanover from the inside certainly is a, a horse that could step forward. But I think lost in time is easily the one to beat here. Yeah, I for sure um I, I, I for sure uh agree with that statement. Um I think Lost in Time is the one to beat. And uh I wonder if Ken Middleton will give him a woo call in the stretch. Uh, I gotta think he might uh, kinda throw that in there. You never know what Kenny's gonna say. I mean Kenny could uh you know, Ken, Kenny's very, very good with words, one of the smoothest announcers that you're ever gonna hear. Uh and uh so who knows what Kenny's gonna say. All right, right now it's time uh, to to uh, check in with driver Scott Zeron as this uh, post time with Mike and Mike. The big show rolls on. Scott Zeron live on the program. Now, Scott, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, buddy. I know you were busy there a little bit and uh, and just got out of training. But uh, tell us a little bit about Atlanta. Obviously, Atlanta turned a lot of heads with his performance over the past weekend. Tell us a little bit about Atlanta. Tell us a little bit about uh, your thoughts on the performance. Yeah, you know, I've always thought coming into it that she was, you know, something that I, I believed could be special and different from other horses, and she's not your average horse. So heading into it, I knew I'd be the favorite, and it was just a matter of trying to give her the best opportunity to, you know, not have to rely on luck. And uh, and I, I was confident, you know, throughout that that whole race, she was going to give me that effort as everybody saw the track was fast all day. There was a nice tailwind down the lane. So it was uh, – the conditions were perfect for her to do what she did, and you know she went above and beyond by breaking 51. Now, the one thing you have to watch, obviously, Scott, is how these horses mature from two to three. And she didn't race uh, as a uh, by any means a slouch effort as a two-year-old. Won four races and ten starts, 135,000. Was fourth in the Breeders' Crown Elimination, then come right back and finished fourth in the final. But, boy, I'll tell you what, she's put some big names on uh, on notice with that effort in 150 and three. Um, obviously, you know, you, you've driven her uh, a bunch of times throughout her career. Do you think she's hit her best, or she's still got room to grow? I think she definitely has room to grow. She's even better following another horse and just using her late. So, you know, if, if I get those opportunities, I'll do it. I don't want to turn her into a strictly front-end horse, but... Uh, as is right now, that's where I, I kind of want to put her. You know, like I said, not not leave things to chance. But no, she you know she was a uh, she was a good two year old, but she was a perfect example of it took her a while to mature mentally. You know, I always thought she was capable of speed. Definitely, you know, fifty is you know we're talking a different kind of category. But uh, she was a very nice two year old, and she just kind of put things together throughout. When my my dad felt like she was training back great. And that's why he made the statements he did, and I'm just happy she's been able to deliver. Now, it's interesting to see how different horsemen kind of view this process. We talked to Blake McIntosh earlier on, and we kind of asked him about what he looks for when, you know, in in the maturation process between a horses that, you know, going from two and three. I mean, obviously there's a big developmental period. I mean, not only as far as, you know, growing out, as far as size and, and you know, talents and speed and stuff, but also mentally. Now, from a driver's point of view, what do you kind of look for in the maturation process from, from two to three? What do you like to see the horse do from two to three to kind of up his game? Well, usually they don't train, they don't change a, a hell of a lot where, you know, a lot of people said they can't believe she progressed the way she has from two to three, but 
she was well-mannered at two. The only difference would have been that I had to ask her to do something versus now she knows what to do. So, you, you know, you hope for those things, uh, oh, and they know when you move off a wheel, that means go forward. But for me, it's a lot of foundation. You know, you just hope that they develop such a better foundation where their gate's stronger, both trotters and pacers, and, you know, they, they become easier to drive once their foundation is set in. Now, Scott, obviously a busy schedule coming up in 2018. Have you guys kind of mapped out where uh, where she may be headed throughout the season? Yeah, I spoke to my dad yesterday about all of this. And, uh, I mean, she staked up to everything, but it's actually a little bit of a dry period until pretty much the Handball Oaks. And I know uh, two weeks from now she has a sire stake in Tioga, and then she gets another two weeks off, and then she has a sire stake in Vernon. Then it's another... 10 days to two weeks until the Oaks. So, you know, in regards to Grand Circuit, it's a little dry for her, but those, those are the options. And I, I think uh, he'll, my dad will put her in both the Tile Grace and Vernon Race just for sire stakes, just to, just to keep her fit. Scott, before we let you go, we do have to want to ask you a little bit about Marion Marauder. Obviously, we saw this horse here at Harris, Philadelphia, uh, in the Maxi Lee, and in the, in the horse raced well, finished second uh, against uh, Will Take Charge, who was just uh, a really a dominant force on that particular day. But a very good 2018 debut uh, the week prior uh, here at Harris, Philly. What uh, What are some of your thoughts about Marion Marauder? Thoughts uh, about how he raced in the Maxi Lee, and uh, maybe what's forward for him? I was you know, extremely impressed with his most recent performance, even though it went down in defeat. Uh, he was steering good. He was starting to grab the track a lot better. And, uh, you know, aside from two weeks ago and last week was the first time he's been to Chester. And it's a much different surface over there. And uh, I felt like from the first start to the second start, he handled himself a lot better. And, you know, if you told me you're going into the race, if I told you going into the race that he's going to lose in 50, I mean, you'd be just as surprised. So, you know, no shame in losing to that. The Gillis horse went a hell of a mile and did it the tough way. But uh, I'm really happy with the way Marauders come back this year. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Fantastic. Well, Scott, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. know you had a busy morning, so we appreciate you taking time out. And uh, I'm sure we'll check in with you not too long. Best of luck to you in the, uh, here in 2018. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. All right, that was Scott Zeron, uh, driver of uh, Atlanta. And, of course, uh, Rick Zeron, his dad, trains that horse and and the regular driver of Marion Marauder as well. So some good information from uh, from our man Scott Zeron. Like, well, listen, our, our buddy Rich Matei heard us uh, talking about him and, uh, you know, talking about his uh, money wheel shenanigans. So he, he wanted to tell give, give out his secret a little bit, Mike. So we're going to give him a second to talk about it. You know what, Richard, real quick, before you jump on, that's, that's interesting that you say that because I actually got a couple of messages uh, during the commercial break after that about uh, what's this big money wheel secret. So we got a couple of minutes to blow you towards the end of the program, so why not just turn it over to the capable hands of Rich Matei and talk money wheel. Go ahead. Number one, number one, I didn't hear anything. I saw. I kept hearing my phone vibrate on my way to work, and I said to myself, <laughs> "Why? what the hell is going on? So then I look on Twitter, and I have like three week retreats with my name, and I'm like, what could these two clowns actually be talking about right now? <laughs> and I saw, I saw what that money wheel thing, and I didn't always get thrown out. It was Michael Carter who almost got thrown out. <laughs> 
Well, set the record straight. So wait a minute. Nobody cares about who got thrown out of anywhere. The only thing anybody no cares got- about <laughs> is what the secret is to make money at the money wheel. I just if the guy is spinning it, what is that clockwise? Clockwise to the right to the left? Is that counterclockwise? I don't even know. If they're spinning it clockwise and it stops, you look to the left corner to see what dollar increment that is, and then you bet that for the next spin. If it goes counterclockwise, you go the opposite way. And that doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Well, how do you know which way it's going to be spun? Because the, the guy that spins it is going to do the same way every way, every time wow. he does it. So there's so basically there's no like law or rules or anything that you have to spin it a certain way. You can spin it whichever way you want to. It just depends on I guess the dealer, right? Yeah. All right. I don't know. All I know is that Delaware Park don't like this very much anymore. That's all I know. Well, any anything else? Uh, I'm stuck in traffic right now, so. Get off! Get off the airway. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta delete him we... off. <laughs> He's like that disgruntled okay. caller that calls into the AM radio show and it's about the Cleveland yeah, Browns or something. Yeah, so, 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 but it works though. I it mean, does. we're kidding it about it, but, think, but it actually works, doesn't it? it? It does. It did. That well, that night it worked very well <laughs> um, for for all of us involved. So, uh, you know, maybe give it a shot and try it out. We got to get back on track here. We got to talk some more harness racing. Uh, we're going to take one final time out. When we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. All right, let's wrap this thing up, Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Make sure you visit us on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, for uh, our live remote schedule coming up. The Pepsi North America Cup, Mike, that is our next stop as we make the trek to Woodbine Mohawk Park. And I'll tell you what, a lot of uh, things I think will uh, be decided. You'll be seeing a lot more of a clear picture of what this Pepsi North America Cup could look like after this weekend. Yeah, definitely. A lot of the big three-year-old names uh, take center stage. We will talk about all of that leading up to the Pepsi North America Cup next week. Thanks to everybody who came on the show this week. We'll see you back here next Thursday, first post, 1030. Good night. Can't stay here I know